Hello and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get raw and real about running an online business, living life as an entrepreneur, and figuring it all out as you go. After creating seven figures in my first three years as a coach and doing what I love every single day, I truly believe that you deserve the money, joy, and life of your dreams. I hope to inspire you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Fully Free Podcast. I am so excited for this episode. I am sharing with you this incredible woman, Kate Scudder, who is a multiple six-figure business coach. She is a wealth of knowledge, you guys. She got on this episode and just shared so much information on how she scaled to multiple six figures, so much about um, you know, signing one-on-one clients, how she hasn't had to promote her one-on-one program in eight months, raising your rates, when to raise your rates. And the other cool thing we talked about is productivity, especially for those of you who are traveling a lot or who want to travel or who even just want to be more productive. Mom life, I know how important that is. And she gave us some amazing tips on that that can really help anybody who just wants to be more productive, get more done, um, find more ease in their business. You guys, Kate is a TEDx speaker. She's an internationally recognized success expert. Again, she's a multiple six-figure business coach, and her mission is to empower one million driven, bold-hearted women to tap into their genius and create profitable, purpose-driven businesses that change the world. And based on all this amazing information she shared with us in this episode, she's doing it. She's doing it, and you guys are helping her with her mission. And her work has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Thrive Global, and several other publications. She's the host of the Born to Rise podcast and her free Facebook community for female entrepreneurs, the Radiant Entrepreneur. So listen to everything she has to say. Take it in. I really suggest grabbing a notebook, a pen. You're going to have so many notes. I need to go back and listen to this. It was so freaking good. And then, because I know you're going to love her, check out our show notes and grab the links to her website and our social media. You're going to want to do so. Okay, let's dive in. Okay. Hello, Kate. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Okay. So like I mentioned, you guys, Kate has done some amazing things like um, being a TEDx speaker, being featured in Forbes and all these other amazing places and scaling her business to multiple six figures. But where I really want to start is backing it up a bit and hearing, you know, where did this all begin? 
For sure. So um, I started my business in May of 2017 and I was living in Bali and all of that fancy stuff is great. But let me tell you guys, when I started, um, I had spent probably, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I had spent probably a year, Taylor, like hemming and hawing, thinking about going in with my business, thinking about starting it, being in that perennial like student mode of, oh, I'll just watch a few more YouTube videos are, oh, I'm just going to attend a few more free webinars. And I was really in this place of so much imposter syndrome before I actually you know, ripped off the bandaid and just decided to press record on Facebook Live and get my content out there and start to really show up in a place of value. And um, I, I want to share that and that really real first part, like part zero of my journey, because I think it's so easy to look at people that are, you know, have accomplished something that we, you know, think is admirable or have achieved a certain level of success. And we forget that they're freaking human. And where I was when I started was, you know, just really drowning in those voices of, oh, there's already so many people doing this. What the heck am I going to add to the conversation? And it wasn't until I put myself in a container of support and accountability. So I joined like an in-person incubator mastermind that just really kicked my ass in the best way and, and got me out there. And, um, and when I did, you know, my business really started to take off very, very early on. And I think part of that was because I had all of this, like, you know, kind of like pull when you pull an arrow back, um, or a bow back with an arrow in it, there's all this tension. Right. And I'd been spending so long on the sidelines wondering, can I do this? Can I do this? That when I finally got out of my own way, I was just so freaking ready to go. And, um, so yeah, I started my business in May of 2017. I was living in Bali. I started by selling private coaching packages. In July, I launched my first group coaching program. Um, at the time, Radiant Living School was my first program. I ran it as a 30-day you know, intensive. We met every single day. It was a really big success. We had 30 women in the program to start. And shortly thereafter, you know, I filled up my one-on-one coaching. And it all just kind of took off from there. But it, was, it took a lot of getting out of my own way before I could get to the stage of actually making that happen. Oh, my gosh. I... Love that. And I love what you said about joining the mastermind because that's exactly what I was thinking. And when I hired my first coach, I mean, that's what it did for me for many reasons. Like you said, like hiring coaches, but especially that first coach showed me, oh, this person's amazing and doing amazing things, but is also just a human. Like I don't have to reach this um, level of perfection before I can be successful too. Like we're all just, we're literally all just human. Totally. Oh my gosh. So true. And I think that that is like, it's such a relief because I think that the internet and the, you know, this is one of my whole things with this industry is the internet is full of so many smokes and mirrors. And we see somebody who's like got their shit completely together online. And it's like, they're also just figuring it out. They too are probably wearing sweatpants, just like you. They too are, you know, building and learning as they go. And um, I think that when we can bring, bring light to that, we really make so much space for other women to normalize their own process and their own journey in building a business. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but I was excited that you shared, um, a bit about your business model slash where you, what you started with selling, because that's what I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, making multiple six figures. What does that look like for you? Because I always like to share with people that everyone does it differently. I don't think that there's a, 
um, you know, here's the perfect business model for creating multiple six figures, you know, um, or the easiest way or the best way. Everybody kind of has their way. So totally. What does that look like for you? You said you started with one-on-one and group coaching. What does it look like now? Yeah, for sure. That's such a great question. Um, so obviously my one-on-one coaching has evolved, morphed, shifted as my business has grown and scaled. I started off by selling um, three-month packages. Um, now my VIP is minimum six months. Most of my clients are with me for a year or longer. Um, so I have VIP coaching. I still offer one-on-one coaching. Um, every time I get to the place, it's really funny. Every time I get to the place where I raise my rates and that has been, I mean, that's another conversation that we can have, but that is something that I was really quite like happy with in the beginning of filling up so soon. But then it came to the point of, okay, if I don't raise my rates, I'm going to scale myself out of growth here. And um, so every single phase that I've raised my rates, there's always been that kind of like cold water plunge feeling of who, okay, here we go. Like next level of up level and always, always, always my spots fill up. And I haven't advertised one-on-one coaching in probably over eight months and I'm still full with people, you know, with inquiries coming in every month. And so, um, so I still offer one-on-one coaching. I offer a couple, uh, high level group masterminds. I have a couple of signature offers and programs. Um, one around niching called nail your niche, one on sales called selling grow rich. And then I have some passive products that I've built out as well. And those are usually sold through more of like a freebie upsell sequence. And those are products for people who want a taste of what it's like to work with me in a live capacity, um, but who are really at that at that beginning stage where they're wanting to learn a specific aspect of business. So whether that is um, learning more about sales, learning more about content, learning more about setting up the entire flow of business foundations, I have a lower ticket, so $400 or less product that serves people in those capacities. Okay. I love that. So let's definitely talk about the one-on-one stuff because I actually um, recently did, um, I'm going to say, I'm thinking of the word interview, but that's not the word, but like a poll (laughs) of my audience. And most people in my audience are interested in filling their one-on-one or raising their rates or highest paying, like one-on-one type of stuff. And this topic of raising your rates is so interesting. And I find that my people just love it. Um, and a question I always get is how do you know when it's time to raise your rates? So I would love to hear your answer to that. Cause I'm always answering that question. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great question. Okay. So here's my response to that. When you have when you have a full practice, so depending on what else you have going on in your life and in your business and how many clients you want to be taking out at a time, that could look, a full practice could be anywhere from five clients to 15 clients, you know, if that's, if one-on-one is the only thing that you're doing, um, you know, and I know people that, that have a business model where that's what they, that's what they do. But when you have a full practice, when you have more inquiry than your capacity to keep up, when you find yourself truly like selling out your program with ease and helping your people get results over and over, that is the time to raise your rates. Um, so for me, I, my very first, it's so funny to go all the way back to this. I know. Um, people are going to be like, damn, I wish I knew her in 2017, <laughs> um, but I promise I'm a much better coach now. Yeah. Um, in 2017, uh, my first package I sold was $500 a month. Wow. And then really quickly I was like, oh damn, like I literally just transformed this woman's entire life. Okay, my package is going up to 4500 for 3 months and then from there 5k for 3 months. And then my next up level after I figured out after I filled up rather my 
um, my 5K for three month VIP, I upped it to 7K and then 8K and then I upped it to 15. Um, but I extended the time out a little bit longer to be a six month mentorship. And so at every phase along the way, there is there was this moment and this fear of, well, what if nobody signs up at this price point? But that, that story, like I feel like the more that you are actually in your business and focus less on how much money am I going to get? How much money am I going to get? But more like, what is the value of this investment for somebody? What's the value of my time and energy? What's the value of all of the resources that my VIPs get? So one thing about my VIP offer that is, um, you know, is really attractive to a lot of clients who work with me at the VIP level is all of my VIPs get access to everything that I've created. And so if you were to go through my product suite and buy things a la carte off the shelf, it would, it would total nearly the amount that my VIP is now, which is $24,000 for six months. Um, you know, you would be paying all, like, it's basically like you're getting the one-on-one support for, you know, nearly nothing um, if you wanted to get all of those individual things a la carte. So that's something that, you know, as you're able to grow and raise your rates, you probably also have built out more resources that depending on how you structure your business, your VIPs could get access to as an additional value add. And so that's something that I think is really important to look at in terms of the total value of of the package that you're bringing to your people. I love that. And the other thing too, that I heard you say is, you know, you took these incremental steps with your pricing and I feel like, you know, like it was $500 a month and then 4,500 package, $5,000 package. I think you said that it was seven and then eight and then 15 or whatever. But, um, you know, I had this realization when I started signing five figure clients, I didn't start there, obviously. I think that's obvious. But, um, once I started doing that, people wanted to know all about that. I started creating a lot of content on that. And then I realized I didn't want it to sound like I'm saying that everyone needs to be charging, you know, 10 K right away or a five figure package, because I also started out taking those incremental steps. And if you really back up where I started, it was with done for you services at an hourly rate. So like I started charging $7 an hour and then 10 and then 12. Like I really worked my way up, but at that time it seemed slow at times, but when you back up, it actually was really fast. You know, the amount of time between charging $7 an hour to a $10,000 package was just a couple years, you know? Um, totally. But anyway, I just, I love that you said that because I think there's a time and a place for incremental steps with your pricing. And I, I also think taking a, you know, a big jump, I've done that too, is, is totally fine. But I find that it lets you build your confidence, you know, your confidence in charging that rate, but also like you were saying, your confidence and the value you give and how great of a coach you are and how much transformation you can help people have. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like it's best for people to take those incremental steps or just what's your, your outlook on that? Absolutely. So here's, here's my main thing. You know, I think that when it comes to pricing, like it's really easy and attractive to look at, Ooh, like her rates are X, Y, Z. So I should probably come out of the gate with like a 10 K package, or I should come out of the gate with a five K package. But here's the thing. The thing that 
ultimately is going to sell, not just in terms of making a sale and and seeing a cha-ching come through in your Stripe account, but the thing that ultimately, you know, builds that relationship of trust in your ideal client and gives you the opportunity to set up a container that's truly going to catalyze transformation for somebody else is, is the feeling of you being so incredibly sold on the value of what you do. And so if you are moving forward to charge $7,500 for a package and you internally are quaking in your boots, feel completely out of alignment, feel totally like an imposter, feel scared to show up for the call, guess what? You're probably not going to make that sale. And it's not just about missing that sale. It's about missing the opportunity to serve that person. So my philosophy on this is always, this isn't a conversation about like, we'll value yourself really low and then build from there. But it's about really checking in with yourself and asking yourself, do I actually feel like I'm a match for this? Or am I just picking a number arbitrarily because, you know, Susie Q started at, you know, 5k for three months or whatever. Like, does the number actually reflect the way that you want to show up for your people, the container that you even want to have? Do you want it to be three months? Do you want to only do one-off intensives? Do you want to minimum work with people for six months? Like, I think it's important to consider both pricing and duration, but most importantly, to remember that sales are generated based on a relationship of trust and an exchange of confidence. And if you don't have that sense of confidence, if you don't feel authentic at the price point that you're selling at and in your ability to serve somebody inside of the container that you're selling, we're going to make sales so, so much harder than they need to be. I love that. I love that. So I have kind of a two-part question about selling (laughs) one-on-one. So you did mention that now you haven't needed to promote your one-on-one, I believe you said in, in like eight months, which is so incredible. And so many people want to have that wait list. And I want to ask you, you know, what about when you're not there? But tell us why you think that is. Why have you not needed to promote your one-on-one? Such a good question, Taylor. So I firmly believe that when we show up and nurture our audience and provide value to our audience before they pay you a cent, like that is the best sort of proactive lead generation and marketing that you can be doing for your business. And it's always like, I really remember, I'm just hearing hearing what you're saying and like so many people want to be there. And I remember being like, well, what are all these bitches doing? Like, how are they doing it? How is it happening? Um, how, like, what's the secret that I don't know? And feeling like I had to get there. And one thing, when I actually stopped asking myself that question and feeling like there was this secret club for all these women who were booked out and I didn't know, you know, I didn't have the password or I didn't know the handshake or I didn't know how to get into the club. Um, and just really started to focus on what am I extremely good at? I'm an incredible teacher. I'm able to take, you know, complex concepts and processes and structures and strategies and break them down in a way that's digestible, in a way that can be felt, in a way that's energized, and in a way that's frankly like fun to watch. And so I started using live video in my in my business as a way to show up and nurture my audience every single week. And what happens as a result of video, I mean um, I mean, I was sharing this, where was I sharing this recently? Oh, on a podcast episode that I recorded for my podcast. It was the 80-20 episode um, where I shared like the three 
main actions that are maybe like 20% of my time, but they yield 80% of our results as a company. And one of those things is live streaming. And so by showing up on video and by picking a particular topic that is strategic, it's not just like thought up randomly. We're, we're taking that feedback based on things that either clients are struggling with or common problems and pain points that we're pulling and surveying from our audience. And we have a mechanism where we gather that data every single week. And so all of the ways that I show up to provide value and to, to teach on a topic um, that somebody is getting, anybody who watches that is getting a sense of what it feels like to be coached by me, both in the way that my brain works as a strategist and also the way that my energy operates. And so if you don't like somebody that's super high energy, that gets like really enthusiastic, that gets kind of in your face and it's like, you know, that just breaks stuff down, I'm probably not the person that you want to work with. If in rather you, you love that and you need that and you feel like that's exactly what you need. I have so many women who reach out to me after watching my live streams to inquire about one-on-one, to book in a call, um, you know, or similarly, maybe they saw me speak at an event. Maybe they heard me, you know, on somebody else's training or whatever the case may be. It's, it's, it's getting a glimpse and getting a taste of the style that of coach that I am that really builds that interest and that momentum. And so one thing that I want to encourage anybody who's listening to this to do is take the focus off of searching for the secret ticket and bring your focus back to how can I show up and overserve the people who are in front of me right now? How can I make the, the value that I put out something that is like virally shareable, something that is incredibly worth the 15, 20 minutes, however long it is that you're there on a video? How can I make that the most value-packed experience for my audience? Because if you're doing that, you are going to get booked out. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you just made me think of a question that I, I get asked as well, especially by people just starting out, which is how do I know like what to share for free and what not to share? <laughs> and you're talking about giving this um, insane level of value, which is so true and I love, but what would your answer be to that question? To the question of, can, how sorry, do can I know? Like, it? yeah, how do I know what to share for free and what not to? Or people that oh, want to share okay. for not I, too much away. Totally, I love this question so much. Okay, I was literally just talking with a client about this this morning. So, um, think about it like this. Okay, so if you have a program where you are, I mean, there's a couple of different ways I want to answer this, but the, the thing that comes to mind straight away, if you have a program that comprehensively, so whether we're talking about a group program or a course or your one-on-one package, right? If we're talking, let's start with one-on-one because we're, we're talking about one-on-one now. My, my brain went to the course um, and program, like more of a curriculum type of thing. But let's say you're talking about one-on-one. Guys, in a 30-minute live stream, you are not going to be able to solve somebody's entire business. What you can do is focus on a specific example that would serve somebody else in their business. And so I think the the where I always, always lean is giving the most amount of value that I can away for free. Um, because that is, 
that the the value of you teaching or showcasing or, or working backwards through a problem is is you know the onus is on your people watching to then think about it reflect about it relate it back to their own business the value of working with you one on one okay so the difference between watching a 30 minute live stream on sales and like getting your tips and advice on sales and then working you know in an hour long private session on how to improve your close rate the value is completely different in the first you're learning concepts you're learning tools and strategies that you can apply to your business maybe you're learning some mindset hacks in the second you're getting individual personalized support where any place that that is all of those concepts are actually breaking down for you where the rubber meets the road in your experience in your business that's what you're getting so the value is astronomically different it's about that level of personalization and so do not be afraid to go into depth and detail i think the biggest thing that we can do to shoot ourselves in the foot as entrepreneurs is feel like we have to hold the juiciest value really close to our chest i'm like like pour it out like it's like confetti on Mardi Gras, baby. Just like throw that shit in the streets because that's what's going to actually show people like, wow, this woman actually knows what she's talking about. That 30 minutes was incredible. I want that level of energy, that, that depth of strategy and that, you know, that real acumen around business and sales on my business. And that's the, the massive difference. And so if you're wondering about picking topics or how deep to go in your live streams, know that the way that you speak one to many in a more teaching and educating kind of capacity is totally different in the way that you work with somebody privately to unearth where that strategy is breaking down or where there's a mindset block that's actually inhibiting their success. Like that's a personalized experience and you can't replicate that if you're doing one to many, you know, through live streaming or whatever and giving away value for free. So that's the first thing that I would say. The second thing, let's say that you have a program that's really specific. So around, you know, whether it's around niching or it's around messaging or it's around sales or, or, you know, let's say you're not, you're not a business coach, but you're a health coach and you're like, how many, how many tips should I give away for free? Um, one thing that I think is super important to keep in mind is that your programs should be designed in such a way that it's like, it's like a full eight course meal, right? There's a progression, there's a flow, everything, the curriculum is consciously designed to move people through one phase to the next, to the next, to the next. And really kind of string it all together. Your content is like a snack, right? And, and that is, you know, that it, we still want it to be nutritious. We still want it to be valuable. This analogy is making me hungry, by the way. Um, yeah, we, still want it to be, we still want it to be valuable. We still want it to be substantive. We still want it to be, you know, freaking delicious, but we don't, we're not giving them every single phase of every single part of the journey. Does that make sense? And so let's say that you are launching a program on sales, right? You're not going to deliver if you're doing like a hype up sequence before you actually open the doors to the launch. You're not going to teach everything that you teach inside of the program in your pre-hype content, but you may speak to common objection points or you may speak to one specific element of sales like lead generation or discovery calls to get people interested, to give them some massive value and then to showcase how the program itself goes into the whole ecosystem and landscape around sales. So good. And, you know, I always like to encourage people, and this is how I think, like, I like to think like, how do I buy or how do I react to certain things? And like, even just this conversation has me like leaning in, thinking of more questions, like, tell me more, Kate, you know, and I'm sure that's how everyone else is feeling that's listening. Like, you're probably leaning in and wanting to know more and probably wanting to search for Kate's Facebook or Instagram or website. Like 
you're interested because she's giving so much value and not holding back, you know, like, Oh, I can't answer that question. You'd have to sign up for my program. <laughs> like right. in that case, would be like, okay, well, totally. let me put on another podcast, you know, cause there's plenty of people. Exactly. And I, Totally. I love that you said that about, um, you know, about like looking at your own behavior. It's something that I say to my clients all the time, like what catalyzes you to buy exactly. And it's not the brands that are super stingy and stuck up and feel like, well, I have to be, you know, I have to put on this really like pompous kind of, I'm the expert and you're a minion. And I think we all know that there are brands out there that kind of convey that sort of attitude. But, um, you know, from a sales perspective, it's not just the, the quality and the quantity of content that you're putting out for free, which as you know, as I've said, I think it should be super high quality and do not hold back with being extremely generous. Know that the value of getting you privately or you focused, whether it's you one-on-one or you in a group on somebody's business who signs up as an offer with you, it's just a next level of value. Um, but one thing that I think it's, it's not just about that quality. It's not just about that quantity, but it's also about the relationship that you build with your people. And so the brands that really prioritize that feeling of connection. And I think that, you know, coming back to this idea of generosity, the more that we are giving to our people, the more we feel taken care of. And I know as a buyer and as a consumer, not just of, you know, coaching products and services, but also like of everything in my life, it's the brands that make, make it feel personal, the brands that make it, make it feel fun, the brands that make it feel, you know, exciting that I want to lean into and, and that I want to build a relationship with because we're prioritizing that relationship. And so that's just another little, you know, content tip and sales tip is how are you really focusing on the relationship that you're building with, with your with your audience, with your customers, with your clients, because ultimately that is what's going to yield, not just to the sale, but to repeat sales guys. And that, I mean, you started this question, Taylor, by asking me about how do you build a multiple six figure business, you know, completely organically. And the way that I've done that is by, you know, placing a super high emphasis on an incredible customer experience. And I had somebody say to me yesterday, like, this is six star customer service and customer experience. And that's something that, you know, we've strived for so much from the very beginning, because that's the thing that brings people coming back, that keeps people really engaged and really loyal. And ultimately it's those repeat customers that are going to grow your business for you. So good. I love all this talk about content and giving value. And I feel like this is the point where people start to wonder like, okay, how am I going to get all this done? Cause I know when I hear conversations like this, I start jotting down like live stream ideas and post ideas and it can get overwhelming. So on top of all of this amazing stuff you're doing in your business, you're also traveling a lot. So tell us a little bit um, about your life and then we can talk productivity and how we get all this stuff done. Totally. Um, so my life has actually pretty radically changed in the last, um, gosh, what are we in the beginning of March right now in the last, I I would say several months. So, um, I was living, as I mentioned in Bali for four years. Um, my husband, Toby and I moved from Bali back to the States kind of tentatively in May while we were waiting for his green card to come through. So, during the summertime, um, he was on a, anyway, like a three month visa. So we had to leave in the summer. So we were in Europe for the summer. We usually go to Europe for the summer and travel, you know, three months 
a year while we were in Bali, we were literally traveling at least every 60 days out of the country, be it other places in Asia, to Australia, to Europe, back to the States. So we've definitely been on the go a lot. Um, you know, my, my team and my company is international. We've got people in the Philippines in every time zone in the United States, uh, except like Hawaii and Alaska. But anyway, we've, we're a really international business. Um, you know, the, the I in CSI is very literal. And so um, one thing that's been that's been really big for us. Oh, sorry. And then I forgot to mention where we moved in December out to Los Angeles. And so I'm based now in West Hollywood, loving being on this time zone. It's definitely the most friendly for having clients in all, all parts of the world. Um, so, so we've been traveling a little bit less than, you know, than normal in the last like four months. Um, we've got some more travel coming up, going back to Australia, going back to Bali. Um, you know, my family's on the East coast, so we go back there a fair bit. And so one thing that's been, um, you know, that, that was helpful in Bali and that's helpful here now is having one base to come back to, but also knowing how to kind of pack up your life and your business and take it on the road to be productive no matter where you go. Totally. And, you know, I haven't been the person that is, you know, a digital nomad or something like that, but I have ended up somehow doing a ton of travel (laughs) during my business, whether it's like, you know, I, I live away from all of my family. So I have family all over. So visiting family or going to business events or conferences or even just fun trips as well and vacations. Like with all of that being said, I've ended up traveling every two or three months. <laughs> so pretty much. And I've even found myself guilty and I've had so many clients, private clients, especially tell me this of like, man, I have all this travel or I'm going on this trip. Can I still hit my launch goal or my monthly income goal? Like I'm going to be busy, you know? And I think it's so easy to use busy, whatever that means as a, oh, a reason, yeah. maybe I can't hit my goal. So, I mean, I'm sure you have tons of different things going on in your business and team and support, but I mean, how do you, how do you manage it all? What are some of your top tips for being able to travel um, and have all that going on and still run an actual successful company? Totally. Such a great question. Um, so this has been, this has really been consistent with me. Like we have a much bigger team now than I did, but I, I literally remember recording. It was so freaking windy, but recording a live stream training from Croatia in 2018, um, where I talked about top, my top tips for staying productive, um, on the go. I'll see if I can find that and send you the link for it. But anyway, the, the, the video, like I, what I'm probably going to share right now is, is very similar to what I shared then, even though we have a much bigger team now um, is by setting, like I don't leave anything in my business, whether I'm traveling or whether I'm in one place to just kind of running it by the seat of my pants. I think that the more that you grow in scale, I mean, maybe some people could operate this way. I think I would spontaneously combust. Um, I'm the kind of person who, you know, I'm a, I'm an Aquarius, but I've got that Virgo moon. And so I really like my shit to be organized. And so, um, so for me, having doing the work in the beginning of the year to set up a yearly sales calendar and know what I'm launching when and to really do the work of breaking down and reverse engineering like dates so we know exactly what we're focusing on selling. Like in my company right now, everyone on you know the leadership team in my team, so our content manager, my, my business manager, our social media manager, um, myself... Um, and Toby, who helps with some like high level strategy and strategic planning stuff, like everybody knows the date 
for every single thing that we are launching this year. Um, and by having that like master vision, then it's much easier to stay on track because I'm never asking myself while I'm on the go and while I'm trying to, you know, pack up my toiletries bag, leaving a hotel or an Airbnb. And while I'm trying to, you know, navigate different time zones, I always know what our focus is before I actually get to that place. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is to pre-plan you know, to be successful. I think what's that phrase? I, I usually hate like cliche things like this, but I actually think this one is so appropriate. Like if you fail to plan, you, you plan to fail. Um, I think that that is as you grow and scale specifically. Now I will say I did not do this when I was like not at the six figure mark yet, but once I hit six figures, once I reinvested into hiring team to help me build out so that I could scale up my company, um, I, I just found that like, unless I, as the CEO took the time to think ahead and to plan ahead, I, I was just going to drive the company into the ground. And this is mm-hmm. something that I think becomes challenging for a lot of solopreneurs. Once they start to build out a team is we want to operate it like it's just us. But when you have other people that you're paying, when you have other other team members and t- people have tasks and are responsible for collaborating on projects, if you're not doing your job of setting that visionary role, then the team can't really lock in behind you to actually help them. And so my biggest piece of advice is to have a master game plan of what you're actually doing. Now, as far as it breaking down in actual day-to-day stuff, I, I am such a fan. Like I am obsessed in love, just a full diehard fan of Google Calendar. Um, I couldn't run my life or business without it. I schedule in literally everything, Taylor. So if I have a date, if I have a massage, if I'm going for a run, if I want to schedule in a nap during the day, like everything is in my calendar so that I know what I'm working on at specific times. And I know that when I started doing calendaring, at the beginning of every week. And so usually on like a Sunday or a Monday, I don't do any client calls on Mondays. Um, That's another thing. I have certain days of the week that I do certain things, but I know that in the beginning of the week when I put whatever's on my to-do list, so I review what our strategic priority is for that week, I know the action items, like the most important things that I need to do. If it's just on a to-do list, the likelihood of it happening or getting rescheduled or pushed to the side or me forgetting is extremely high. If I plug it in to the calendar, like between 10 and 11 on a Monday morning, I'm recording episode 61 of the Born to Rise podcast as a solo episode. Um, I plug all of my to-dos into my calendar, almost like kind of like the Pomodoro method, like just assigning tasks certain times. And that has been super, super helpful for me to get shit done. So good. I love that. And I love what you said about planning because that's something that took me forever to like allow because I feel, I find that people, and I know this was true for me, are afraid of not being able to have that like intuitive, creative side to their business if they start to plan. But what I found is when I plan ahead, it gives me more room to actually be intuitive. And I've had to learn that you're not being intuitive when you're freaking out wondering, okay, how can I make money? How can I make money? How can I make money? Oh my God. A million percent. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think my experience is the same. It's like when I've got that game plan unlocked, when I know what's happening, I mean, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like travel in and of itself. Like if we, you know, Toby and I leave a lot when we travel, we leave a lot of stuff unplanned in terms of like what we're actually going to do. We're not those people that book their tickets to the aquarium. Like we never go to the aquarium. I don't know why I said that, but we're not the people that book tickets to activities like, you know, three months before we go, but we usually try to figure out at least where we're sleeping because then you're not trying to take up the, take in all of the sights and smells and sounds and experiences around you while also trying like frantically looking on Airbnb, wondering where am I going to sleep tonight? Where am I going to put my suitcase? And I think the analogy is very relevant for business. Like if I don't know what I'm doing, how am I going to show up with that most creative voice? You know, and it doesn't mean that you have to have every single post that you're going to write for the entire year done by January 1st. It means, do you know that at the end of January, you're going to spend that week talking about you know, lead generation, like, because you're leading into a sales program, you know, and it's just about having that, that high level map that is exactly, as you said, going to let your, your most true and your most present creative voice come out. I love that. Um, you mentioned a little bit about team and I know that there's a lot of people who are at the point where they're wondering, like, what should that first hire be? What was that for you? But also, what do you think is the best first hire for somebody as they're moving into having a team? Totally. Such a great question. So my first thing, um, my first hire was a graphic designer. Um, It was so important for me. I'm a very creative person. I'm a very visual person. Sadly, I'm also a very like visual, creating visually, visual things, uh, challenged person. Like (laughs) my, my graphics guys, if I did them myself, they would look like stick figures. Like you'd be better off hanging like a kindergarten's painting on like with my face slapped onto it. Um, so a graphic designer was a very natural first hire for me so that I could translate my creative vision and actually have it reflected back to me in a way that was like, yes, that's it. Because I would take me probably eight hours to do something that would take a graphic designer 10 minutes. Um, so that was my first hire and that was a, that was a a fantastic first hire because it really allowed me to build up my visual brand, um, and have that, have that be noticed, have that be recognizable from the beginning. Um, I say that it really depends on your business because maybe you are extremely, gifted in, you know, visual design, or maybe your business is like, you're a web builder, you've got those more backend skills, you do SEO, or you do something else of that nature, the kind of hire you're going to want to bring on board is different. And so, um, I think my second hire after I'm trying to remember after the graphic designer, um, I hired a VA that did a bunch of different things for me. So um, things that administrative tasks that I was doing that were just taking up time in my day, uploading client session recordings, um, sending out contracts and invoices, like really admin-y sort of stuff that I didn't need to do. That was something that I had my VA do. And we eventually trained her up to be able to do more social media management and repurposing. As we grew and scaled, I realized I didn't just need a social media manager to actually do that. I needed a content manager to really manage all of our channels. And I didn't hire a content manager until I had multiple platforms that I was posting to every single week. So like my podcast, Facebook, Instagram, we've got an Instagram IGTV series. And so all of these different, um, you know, and the Radiant Entrepreneur, my Facebook group, which has now like 2,400 members and growing. And so until I had all these different platforms, I didn't need somebody else to help me manage it. But as we grew and scaled, Scaled, that's when I really needed somebody. Um, one thing that I would say is 
Um, I, one question that I had, and that was like a really big question for me was when should I hire an online business manager? I hired an online business manager when the process, when I found myself managing my team, like I used to just communicate with my one graphic designer in WhatsApp. Um, and I realized that, wow, I am so not a project manager. Like I am, while I can get into the details and while I love setting out like a vision for somebody else's, you know, workflow and, and process and, and sales calendar and all of that, like actually executing and spending time in Asana or ClickUp and building it out, not my jam, not where I want to be. And so um, when we brought on a, a business manager to help us like organize the execution of all of the different roles as we expanded, that was, that was tremendously helpful. So one thing that I would say to start, if you're wondering where to start to delegate are what are the things that are outside of your zone of genius that somebody else can do? What are the areas that your face, your energy, your creativity, your voice are required in your business? So hint, that's going to look things like content sales, um, actually coaching your clients. If you have a coaching business or doing the done for you work, if you're a done for you service provider, that's what you need to be doing. Everything else can be outsourced. So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. You guys, if you cannot already tell Kate is just a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) Thank you so much for getting on here and just giving us so much value. You really walk your talk and just, you just give so much. I love that about you. Thank Um, you so much, Taylor. Well, it's so good to be here. I'm so happy to come on here and share. Amazing. Yeah, no, I'm just, everything you're saying, I'm just like nodding my head. Yes. Like, oh my God, this is so, I can't wait for the episode to go out. So anyway, for the people that are listening that are just loving what you're saying and want more, where can they go to, you know, learn more about you and keep getting this amazing content from you? Absolutely. So um, I would love that, guys. You can you can come over, hang out on Instagram. I'm just at Kate Scudder. Um, that's Kate with a C, C-A-I-T. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, again, at Kate Scudder or join the Radiant Entrepreneur. That's where I share those weekly videos that I was talking to you guys about earlier. Um, I have a podcast as well. So if you love the podcast format, which you obviously do if you're listening to this, um, come check it out. We do, we do um, solo episodes and some guest interviews as well on the Born to Rise podcast. If you just search Born to Rise on Spotify or Apple, it'll come up there. And then all the details as well can be found on katescudder.com. Perfect. And we will have all of that in our show notes too. So thank you so much, Kate, again, for being on here and just sharing so much with with my audience. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. But before you go, if this helped you find clarity, feel motivated, or learn something new, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a five-star review on this podcast? It would mean the absolute world to me as this podcast is still really new and it would help other badasses just like you find this show. And that is the most amazing thing I could ever ask for. So thank you in advance for leaving that five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye guys.